Well, we are coming to you live from the Focus Seek 23 conference in downtown St. Louis. I'm Adam Wright, joined by Patty Schneier. Sorry for the prolonged pause there. It's getting late in the week, and we're starting to forget what we're doing a little bit. The brain fog's setting in, but Patty... Well, there's so much that's been going on all around us all day long. Stories, people, connections, playing our little catequiz game with uh, college students. It's just been another phenomenal day, and we are so excited to be here live at the Focus Conference and to bring these special editions of Covenant Network so that you all, our listeners, can get a glimpse of this phenomenal event that is going on here at America Center here in downtown St. Louis. I mean, this is huge. This is about as, uh, I mean, I'm not going to even put it on par as when Pope John Paul II came here, but since that time, we haven't had a big event like this in our archdiocese. So this has been just, just phenomenal. It is absolutely wonderful. Well, we need to open our show with prayer here. And if I could ask you to join me in praying for a special intention, um, let's, uh, let's pray together our memorari in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in thy clemency, hear and answer us. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, Patty, all I can say is, <laughs> wow. 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 I know. Our voices wow. are tired. Wow. <laughs> our bodies are tired. Um, but, you know, I just want to share with our listeners, if you don't mind, I want to share just a particular story. Um, just... Again, we're just meeting so many people, and, and uh, we just had a seminarian, a young seminarian come up, and I was talking to him, and I asked him, I said, so what's your takeaway from this SEEK conference? You know, we've got all these college students here, but seminarians are in a different little, kind of a different track, and he says, well, you know, we've had talks every afternoon. We, there's been a special seminarian track, and he said the talks for us in the afternoon have been absolutely awesome. Wow. And so a focus has a little bit of everything here for everyone. Um, there's been the making uh, discipleship, you know, that track last night we had adoration that was in everyone was invited from the whole archdiocese of st louis to come down we've had mass every day i just came from the dome and heard a phenomenal talk on forgiveness by sister miriam james and father john burns together they gave that talk about unforgiveness and forgiveness and the processes of that and so it's just been i'm learning things new i'm having a wonderful time myself <clears throat> even though my voice is tired and we've been interviewing so many people. I, I think Bishop Abraki just offered to give you the blessing of throats there. <laughs> yeah, he just walked by, <laughs> literally just walked by. You know, always uh, people are waving to us and stopping by. We've got a great, uh, a great visible booth here. We are right when you walk in Mission Way, and we have a, a big video screen. People are able to see themselves as they walk on by, and we've been also even showing the the requiem mass for uh, pope benedict going on that went on earlier this morning in rome so we've had things going on on the screen and just so much activity going on it's just been phenomenal i uh well i had the opportunity to slip away not to a session but to go sit down with father mike schmitz and how nice what a gift that was and while i was there i ran into an old colleague and uh we were just saying it, it's so great to be at Focus where we run into one another and um, we, we got to catch up and have lunch together. And what, what a wonderful gift it was. Uh, and then take him to his organization's booth. He just got here today and he's like, I don't even know where our booth is. And I'm like, I know exactly where your booth is. Yeah, we are very so. familiar with this Mission Ways <laughs> Hall right now after four days of being here for sure. I know. I feel like I should just bring a cot next time and, and hang out in our booth and just stay overnight. I don't think they allow that. Well, we're, you know... Patty and I, as much as we could banter all afternoon, um, even after four days of, of pushing our voices to the limit, we are happy to be joined by Mike Hearn. And Mike is somebody I just met today, and uh, he is with an organization, the Messy Family Project. Is that that's correct? Okay. Well, Mike, it is. I got to find which microphone is yours here. It is this one. There we go. There we go. Uh, it's great to be with you. Thanks for joining us today. It is a joy to be with you. Thank you, guys. I love hearing about new ministries that I knew. And I, I'm going to hey. just be full disclosure here. I know nothing. This is the perfect opportunity then. <laughs> and if I don't know anything, then many of our listeners might know as yes. not know as well. And so that's what Catholic Radio is all about: letting people know about the great and things. 
things that are going on in the church. So tell us a little bit, Mike, about what you do and your ministry and why you're here at Focus. Yeah, because as our listeners know, I have a messy family. That's and, right. <laughs> and I know nothing about this project, and I probably need to. Yes, it, this is for you. We, we Actually, this is an intervention. I just wanted you to know, Adam. <laughs> oh, thank, good, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, the Messy Family Project, uh, we're on a mission to empower moms and dads to embrace their sacred calling. You know, so we, uh, we try to serve pounds, walk alongside them, both equipping them with both inspiration and some principles, but also very practical tools to make their life a little easier. Because mm. moms and dads, we, we've got a heavy job on our, our shoulders, right? And so we're trying to be, maybe for some, we're an older brother or sister. Uh, been down the road a little bit. We've got 10 kids wow. and we have uh, five who are kind of launched and five still in the home. And, uh, and we have five grandkids as well. Wow. Okay. So do you mentor couples individually? Is this more of a video type thing, a book, a series? Tell it. Yes. How, yes. Do, so, how do you minister? Yes. Yeah, so we started with a podcast. And so we have a little over, uh, I guess we're up to about 2 million downloads on our, our podcast. And wow. it's, been, it's been great. Um, and so we have like 200 and some odd episodes where we're talking on all things from dealing with anger uh, to helping your kids, uh, you know, deal with screens and discipline and how to how to pray with your kids when they're using rosaries as weapons to, you know, <laughs> everything in between. So we do the podcast as well as we teach uh, courses, uh, both online and in person, like retreats that we do. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were actually in uh, St. Louis uh, last month doing a, a special date night and a parenting retreat and we also have a tons of resources on our website on screens and discipline and coming up with a united plan for you and your spouse i'm just going to throw this out there if you're ever looking for an adjunct professor on how to have a messy house I, I'm your guy. You're in? You're yeah, in? I'm your guy. You've got credentials to prove I it? have credentials. If we right. go to my house right now, I guarantee you there is something to trip over. There you go. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, because the reason we use the word messy is, one, if, if you've been a parent for more than five seconds, you know that life can be a little messy with kids around. Right. But we also want to recognize that we're coming as we are, you know, yeah. that, that we are broken, we are weak, we are wounded. I, I thought I was a nice person until I had kids, right? You know, <laughs> and, 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 But God wants to use parenting in our marriage to transform us, uh, to get us out of our mess into something beautiful. Well, and I actually love, I think messy is is the messy family project. It, it's a catchy name for one thing, but then it is true. We are all messy. Parenting is messy. Yes. But as you said, the house does get messy. Faces get messy. Um, every, <laughs> Souls get messy. Right. That's right. That's we right. all kind of get messy in the, in the midst of parenting. And I think sometimes we all enter parenting with these ideals of I, you know, we're going to be a good, holy Catholic family. We're going to do this. We're going to, it's going to all be great. And you have this idealism of what you think family life is going to be like. And when, in my case, when just even Legos were all over the floor, (laughs) then I, when my house was messy, then it was hard for me to have internal peace. I literally had a hard time dealing with a messy house. And I needed mentor moms to come and say to me, at this stage in your life, it's okay. Your house is not supposed to look like the neighbor down the street it's not supposed to look yes. like what the houses look like on TV yes. and 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 I I still struggled with that but the, just even that word messy yeah. to have the freedom to say that's it. Yes, Freedom. we yeah. are in a messy stage of our life. Well, yes. Mike, one of the things you and I were talking about before uh, when we met, I mean, we literally just met about 30 minutes ago, and it was such a great conversation. And like, that's well, the you, beauty you, you of gotta, You've got to come be with <laughs> us on the air here. Um, we were talking about the fact that it, a book that I once read, Mike Iaconelli's Messy Spirituality, and the, the whole book can be summed up in this. Your life's a mess, and if you're waiting for the mess to be cleaned up before you can go approach our Lord, you're waiting too long. He, right. he specifically came for those whose life is a mess. And whose life is a mess? Well, everyone's. That's right. And, you know, because unless you're the Blessed Mother, your life has some mess in it. Yeah. yeah. And, and we, what we have to do as parents and as human beings, we have to recognize this is who we are. You know, not the image we put on Pinterest or, you know, the, the Photoshopped image. It's who are we? How are we coming to God? How are we coming to our marriage? How are we coming to our family? And do we embrace the opportunity, you know, to deal with the Legos, looking at this as something I resent that's just a mere frustration? When I look at it and say, hey, I'm going to embrace this as an opportunity, which is hard to say, as an opportunity for me to grow, to become who I was meant to be. Because marriage and family was designed by God for our sanctification, uh, to, to reveal our weaknesses, to reveal a little bit deeper part of us so it can be healed, can be restored. But it's also to show our love. Like, I, I come from a divorced family, and loving my firstborn child, sitting there, uh, I actually felt on a, on a level that I'd never felt before, the love of God the Father, because I was loving my daughter, and in that I heard this whisper of God say to me, 
And now you have a glimpse of how much I love you, my son. Right? Even though you didn't feel that in your own that. family right. experience. I didn't know that in my growing up. I didn't feel that growing up. Mm. And, and it's like, this is what, what marriage and family is all about. Showing us who God is and allowing us to reveal that to our kids. Even in the mess, God comes to us. He is drawn to our weakness. He's drawn to us in these moments. And that's the joy of it. You know? yeah. and, and, and that's the, that's the fun we get to have. Um, we do this full time now. I was you know, previously one of the VPs at Franciscan University, worked with some great institutions before in politics and different things. But I, I, all I get to do all day long is talk to couples about how can we be more intentional? How can we look at where we are, being honest with where we're at in our marriage, in our family, in our own lives, and say, how can we transform this and make this something amazing for God? Wow. Well, you know, uh, so in the past year or two, really, I guess, since 2020, when we were looking for new outdoor activities, as a lot of people yes. were, my son has taken to rock hounding, where he goes out to several places, and he, he brings stones home, and he likes to crack them open, see if they're geodes and yeah. whatnot. And we bought him a rock tumbler. And I didn't know anything about rock tumbling. But what I learned was, you put the rocks in, they've got all these rough edges and things, you add a little bit of water, and you add a little bit of grit, just like sandpaper, but not on the paper. And then you tumble it around, and you tumble it around. And then you drain out the grit, and you rinse everything off, and you put them back in, and you add a finer grit and some more water. And you repeat this about three or four times, and all of a sudden, these really rough, jagged-edged rocks come out these beautiful, smooth, polished stones. And I forget who I was talking with, and they said, yeah, Adam, that's also marriage, and that's yeah. family. You, <laughs> that's you exactly are living right. in the rock tumbler right now. Yes, amen, amen. One of our principles that we talked about, we had a, a, a breakout session earlier today, and the first principle is, is uh, we always think as Catholics, I thought as a Catholic that my job is to turn my kids into saints. That, that was my job. And what we've learned is that it's not your job to make your kids into saints. It's their job to make you into a saint. <laughs> <laughs> you know, meaning, meaning we're, we, we, right. are, we have to embrace that rock tumbling in our, in our family life, right? To, to shave off those rough edges and, and, and refine us in a real substantial way. Because as parents, we don't have a seminary. We just have kids, yeah. you know? And it's through our marriage and through our parenting that we are refined. So that's a great, great yeah. analogy. It, it reminds me of something my dad once told me, that gray hair is hereditary. We inherit it from our children. <laughs> you know, I've or, earned every one of these. Great I know, ideas. right? Or, or the, yesterday, uh, was it yesterday or the day before, Patty? We had vocation directors on, and we were talking about vocations and the Eucharist. And, and sister said, well, I'm the vocation director for this order. And father said, I'm the vocation director for this diocese. And afterwards, I was like, you know what? I'm the vocation director for my house. Amen. That's <laughs> yeah. it. That's it. Exactly. So what's uh, one concrete thing? You know, I know there's a lot that we could do, but yeah. what's one concrete thing our listeners today could say, I'm going to do this. I'm yes. just going to try and make this one small change today in our family life and see an effect. Can, can I have a big one and then a small one? Sure. You can add, yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Right, so I'll give you a big one. Okay. Uh, one where we're in a new year, right? And, and this is a great time. People talk about resolutions and all these things. I, I, we have something that we, uh, we have taken on as our own. We were gifted it by somebody else, a tool called the family board meeting. And it's a time where married couples would go away to think about life, to look at where we are going as a couple, as a family, what do we want for our future? Kind of like a strategic planning, if you will, for your family. Uh, but take time in this new year to say, what's going well? Kind of evaluate our families and say, where's the one thing that we want to invest in in the next quarter, the next 90 days, as a family that we want to invest in. Is it, we haven't been on a regular date night. You know, what, what's, what's going off? And look at priority, where's our spiritual life? Where's our marriage? How are we forming our kids? How about our family culture, meaning the fun stuff we do, as well as just expectations in the home? If we look at these four areas, and we have free resources on our website that walk people through this process, but this is a great time of year to kind of think big and say, what do we want to do? Where do we want to go? Because the, 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 the couples that we have studied over the years, and I'm one of those weird kids, because my family was divorced, I looked for other model families. I looked for the perfect family. Did you? And sure. I asked a lot of questions. And the, the, the one nuance, there were families that homeschooled. There were families that did this all different shapes and sizes, the ones that lived for a purpose. They had something that drove them forward was the, the key marker that they were going to be able to pass on the faith to their kids, that their values were going to be lived out as, for in their adult children. So get a purpose that you both can unite on as, as a couple. And the small thing is your kids need your marriage to be thriving, not just surviving. Right. So I think the one thing is gift for your schedule kids. a regular date night. Go out as a couple and enjoy each other's company. Remind yourself if you've forgotten why the two of you got married and make it even richer and more full than it was when you first got married. Don't say, oh, I want to love you as much as I did on our wedding day. 
I want to love my wife more than more. I did. Come on, I didn't even know you at that point. I was about to say something. You'd have to bleep me out. Right? Yeah. Um, we want something richer and fuller, right? Yeah. Yeah. More so mature, That's what I would say deep. is uh, great. It's absolutely beautiful. I am, uh, Patty, great I don't know about you. I'm a whole, uh, wholesale advocate of date night. You oh, know, Beth we, and I, we were too. Our yeah. marriage was at its worst when we weren't making time for date yes. night. Yes. And uh, every time it starts to get a little rough, she looks at me and says, we need to go on a date. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm always game because usually our date involves Italian food. <laughs> yeah. And we, we, I'm not going to tell you our restaurant because I don't want it to fill up. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's a good one. Excellent. So, well, Mike, I can't thank you enough for being with us today. Um, friends, how can our listeners yeah, how, how oh, can yeah. they connect? Give us some information. You know, we can't just whet their appetite. Yeah, 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 we yeah. can wet it with the Italian restaurant and not that's, tell them, but we can't good. tell them about Messy Family Project. I'm getting project. hungry right now. Yeah. Thank you. But they uh, want to know. They're saying, okay, who is this guy? What is this called again? How can I, you know, so they're getting glimpse of it, a little glimpse right now, but give them the package of what yes. they need to know, what it is again, who you are, where you are, whatever you want our listeners to know. Okay, so it, it, anybody can go to messyfamilyproject.org. That's our website. Uh, our podcasts are at anywhere where you can get uh, podcasts, iTunes and uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, wherever. Um, but if you come to the website, sign up for our newsletter. Maybe you want a, a free discipline guide or a technology guide or whatever. We have all these available free and available on our website. We're also doing a webinar at the end of this month, January 25th about the family board meeting because we want to encourage people to really take some time to think about the big stuff, uh, to look at your your marriage, your family, and kind of at the 30,000-foot view. Uh, so MessyFamilyProject.org is the best way to connect with us. And also, too, you're only getting half of the show. You're getting the, 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 the second rate. You know, my wife is amazing, and she is, we do everything together uh, for this ministry. So Beautiful. love to connect with people there. I absolutely love it. This has been wonderful, Mike, and I'm so glad we met. You know, yes. just, just someone said, hey, you need to come meet Mike. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Let's go meet Mike and and praise God that we did. Um, We are going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. And when we come back, we're going to have the interview I was able to record earlier with Father Mike Schmitz. You you may have heard of him. Uh, He's a priest. Uh, He's one of the keynote speakers. He's somewhat known. Um, Yeah, that's that's all I'll say. But here's here's the thing. If you have... uh, if you're just now tuning into one of these broadcasts this week, we want to remind you that these are all up on the Roadmap to Heaven podcast, wherever you get your podcast. So if you want to hear about the antics we've been uh, having fun all week down here at the Seek 23 conference, look for Roadmap to Heaven by Covenant Network wherever you get your podcast. Um, and share it with friends, please. Absolutely. We have to say that too, Patty. I, I don't think we say that enough. We've got these, the Daily Dose of Encouragement, Roadmap to Heaven. We've now got the Splendor of You up on our, our podcast, Monsignor Witch Church History, um, you know, all these great resources out there. So let's keep them going. Uh, for more information on that, you can go to ourcatholicradio.org. That's not your Catholic radio, not my Catholic radio, but ourcatholicradio.org and click on programs. In the meantime, we are going to take a break. When we come back, we'll be joined. Well, You'll hear the interview we did with Father Mike Schmitz. Teach us to be generous, good Lord. Teach us to serve you as you deserve, to give and not to count the cost, to fight and not to heed the wounds, to toil and not to seek for rest, to labor and not to ask for any reward, save that of knowing we do your will. Amen. I was trying to think of a good introduction for our next guest and what I was going to say, but in the uh, words of one of my favorite late-night talk show hosts, our next guest needs no introduction. Father Mike Schmitz, you know him from Bible in a year and now Catechism in a year and his great work with Ascension and all, all over the country. It's, it's an honor to sit down and talk with you, Father. Thank you. I hope that you feel this way at the end of this conversation. Well, you know, it's a great that was week lame. here I can't at sea. No, no, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Um, it, what a great week it's been oh, so incredible. far here at It's been amazing. What has been the number one thing so far that you've seen God doing in this conference? That's a great question. I don't get to see a lot. I, mean, I just that honest. Uh, the honest answer is I kind of. Um, Get to do a lot of these conversations, which is wonderful. I get I got to present with with students, which was to, to the students, which was wonderful. Um, but then uh, when it comes to like hearing the other talks and going to the other like prayer experiences, I kind of just uh, I I don't get to participate as fully as I would like to. So the other day, yesterday, I, one thing I got to do was they have this massive adoration chapel. It's it's huge. I don't know how many thousands of people that can fit into that, but a couple thousand, I think. And uh, we're going to duck in there quick and just kind of pray quietly. We'll walk, open the doors, and it was completely packed. It was I mean, just in the middle of the afternoon, completely packed. And it was like, oh my gosh, can, can we find any chairs that are even free? Because there's all these students who are taking their break time. This is the break time. 
taking that break time. And they're in the aisles. They're in the middle aisle. They're in the side aisle. They're in all the chairs. And so it was great to have 30 minutes of prayer just surrounded by, you know, 5,000 of my best friends um, who just used their break to pray in front of our Lord in the Eucharist. And that's, that's remarkable because one of the things, one of the nights, you know, last night, they have a big adoration. And there's music playing and there's this procession. There's this kind of like this, there's, I don't want to say production, but kind of, it's liturgy. It's happening and it's, it's big. This was just coming to this room. Here's Jesus on the altar in the monstrance. There's nothing flashy. And in the middle of the day, here's thousands of students choosing, that's where I'm going to spend my break. And that's amazing. I often think of it, uh, you know, in the analogy of marriage. It's like those times I sit down with my wife and we don't even say a word to one another. Yeah. We're just sitting there together, um, maybe not even holding hands, just touching pinkies or something <laughs> like that to say, hey, I'm here and I'm here. And those are some of the best moments. Sometimes you need those moments and we need those with our Lord too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and who would have thought 20 years ago when I used to walk into an adoration chapel as a teenager, I'd get that look like, is this, is this kid here to rob us or something? Is he, is he here to steal something? Kids don't come to adoration. Young adults don't come to adoration and praise God for this. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Um, one of the things that um, we've done on our campus ever since I got there, I've been on campus for, at the University of Minnesota Duluth for 18 years. This is my 18th year there. Um, but right away, the first thing is, okay, we're going to have mass every day. We're going to have confession every day. We're going to have retreats and Bible studies, but also we're going to have adoration every day. And so we started by having a holy hour every morning at 6.45. And there were a bunch of students who would come at 6.45 every single day. Uh, and then our focus missionary said, that's nice. Can you start it at 8 o'clock? And so we moved it from 6.45 to about 7.45. Um, and it's amazing. The focus missionaries have then pushed and said, that's wonderful, but there are some students who can't make it from 7.45 a.m. to 8.45 a.m. Can we have it all day? And so we sl started slowly adding all-day adoration and so now we have all day, every morning still, but all day Tuesday, all day Wednesday, all day Thursday, and half day Friday. Um, and there are students who show up every single day because they just, and that, that's the kind of that commitment, you know, where it's, I could be anywhere else, but I'm choosing to be in front of Jesus. And that's amazing. Yeah. Let's talk about catechism in a year for a moment. We just finished Bible in a year. And what a great thing, scripture and tradition. So we, we had scripture, now yeah. we're moving to tradition. And you know, I think there's this misconception out there that, hey, as long as I go to Mass, and it's good to read Scripture, but why do I need to know my catechism? I mean, I'm not the theology teacher or anything like that. Why do we need to know our catechism? Yeah, I, I would say because you can't love what you don't know. And that's one of the same reason to read the Bible. Um, cause, because I can know the Bible stories, and that's, that's helpful. But really, when we went through the Bible in a year, and hopefully people are still going through the Bible in a year, it's not just so you can learn all of the stories. It's so that we begin to have what we keep going back to calling a biblical worldview. So that the lens, my eyes have now been shaped so that I see through the lens of um, scripture and I see through the lens of, okay, well, I look, when I look at other people, I look at other people as scripture has shaped my lens. And when I look at God, I, I don't look at, I don't approach God of my own making. I don't approach God of my own version or my own choosing. I have to approach God as, as he has revealed himself to me. And so I can't actually love what I don't know. And so that's why the next step is, you know, the Acts of the Apostles, Acts 28, is the last kind of historical moment in Scripture. But that was, what, the year 60 maybe or somewhere in there. There's been a couple thousand years since then. And this, this is the thousand, thousands of years of Christians who have been pursuing the Lord, have been loved by the Lord, have been saying yes to the Lord, and have been diving deeply into, okay, all of that in those 73 books of Scripture, all that God's revealed, what does it mean? And here is the church that, you know, in the 1980s and 1990s said, well, here is a summary of all that this means, all that God reveals himself to be and all that he's calling us to become with him. So, I, I, man, even in that first paragraph of, uh, of in a plan of sheer goodness, God willed to create us so that we could share his own divine life. And that's this piece of like, it's the, the catechism is not just an encyclopedia. It is an invitation to participate in the very life of God. And uh, I can't participate in what I don't know, and I can't love what I don't know. What a beautiful example we've been recalling this week, Pope Benedict XVI, who, you know, pretty much responsible for the yeah. current catechism of the Catholic Church, and yet his teaching always went back to Scripture almost every time, yeah. and then summarized in the four last words he spoke on earth, Jesus, I love you. Yeah. yeah. Well, Father, I want to thank you for taking the time to sit down with us. It's been a pleasure to welcome you here to St. Louis. I hope, hope you come back again. And, uh, you know, you've been here for fall and winter. Now we have to have you for spring and summer, take you to a baseball game and show you the local uh, You know, I, I do come to the Springfield uh, Student Youth Conference. 
oh, yeah. the Mid-America Conference. I come almost every single summer. Uh, we bring our students from Duluth, Minnesota, all the way down to uh, Springfield because we're, we're better to be than Missouri in the summertime. All right. Well, Father Mike Schmitz, it's been an honor to sit with you. Friends, you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Don't go anywhere. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A prayer for the Archbishop. Heavenly Father, in these trying times when the spirit of the age threatens Christian values, give our Bishop holiness of life and wisdom to direct and guide our Archdiocesan family so that we may grow in your love. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, we are back. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven, coming to you special live from the America Center Convention Center. I keep wanting to say Trans World Dome. I am, I am, I, I am not hip to the times. We Patty. all know where we are. <laughs> yeah, we all. The, We're the live big, on the air. That's all that matters. The big dome north of the arch is <laughs> where we are. Uh, I, Patty Schneier is with us, and we are so happy to be there. Um, broadcasting from Seek 23, and our next guest is not new to the show, but it's the first time we've actually met in person, and that's Br- uh, Blake Brouillet, uh from Christ in the City, and uh, first time you've met Patty, but Blake, thanks for being with us today. Hey, thank you for having me yet again. I think, uh, yeah, uh, thank you so much for having me yet again. It's really great to be here in St. Louis, right? The last time we talked was Ver, or from a distance, but we are so glad to be here in this wonderful city with so many Catholic roots, and they are just present everywhere. Yeah. Now, Christ in the city. Let's let's do the real quick refresh here. This is not. Um, this is not. Well, let's not talk about what it's not. Let's talk about what it is. Yeah. So, Christ in the city is a young adult missionary program where missionaries live in community, learning how to serve the poor, and then serving the poor from this community. So the best way to describe that is you have 33 missionaries living in a house, learning, forming themselves on how to be good Catholics. And then from this community, having consistent routes on the streets in Denver, where we go time and time again to serve the homeless, developing relationships with them, building these friendships that are addressing the rupture of relationships that is that true root, that cause of poverty at its purest form. Um, and I left out Philadelphia. We're now not only in Denver, but we're in Philadelphia as well for our full year program. So just a joy to be with you and even to serve the poor in your city this week. Yeah, and that brings us why we're together is, that you know, why talk about something that is outside of our city? Actually, Christ in the City is in this city this yes, we week are. out doing ministry on the streets of St. Louis. So how many are in your programs? How many, how many are in Denver? How many are in Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I'll answer that first. So we have 33 year-long volunteers in Denver, and we have 13 year-long volunteers in Philadelphia. However, each year we have over 200 college students who join us on mission trips for a week. Mm. And then we have several thousand volunteers who come to our building, train up. We train them, bring them to the streets with them, and then tell them, go home. Do this where you, you are. Live, so, yeah. so we're big on that training, and that brings us to St. Louis. So while we're here... At this seat conference, we have lunch signups, and boy, have they been popular. We bring 35 students every day to the streets of St. Louis, right around this convention center, serving the chronically homeless we are encountering. And it has been fruitful, to say the least, right? The Lord, and I'll answer a question right away, like, what? why would you go out if you can only go out four days? And the answer is because an encounter is worth more than that, right? right? There was a... There was a promotion a few years ago that, like, one encounter with the Eucharist can change your life, right? Only one encounter, and it's like, well, one encounter with the Lord in the poor can, too. So what do you do when you actually go out on the streets? Are you feeding, when you said it's the lunch project, are they going out for lunch to serve them lunch? Are they going out to to, um, give them some things that they might need, personal items? Or is it to pray with them, talk with them? What, What are they trained to do? Patty, we actually go out like Mother Teresa, where we go out with open hands, open minds, not with an objective or a check to, or a box of tasks to check off. We go to the streets and just see what that, where that person's at, what do they need, and let the Lord guide it. And sometimes that's a water bottle or the snacks we bring with us, even in St. Louis. Uh, some, we do have some lunch food, but you know, the homeless are getting a lot of lunch this week at Seek, right? But 
we don't know what they need yet. So we go, and when we go to the streets, we just try to bring them presents. Yeah, right. it's my, my, my good friend Dan Vonderhaar, who's on the show with us sometimes, was talking about how he used to just think, you know, you're driving down the highway, you get off the exit, there's someone at the, the bottom of the exit ramp, and you just say, well, I'll, I'll put some money in or I'll bring yeah. some food. And one day he something just moved in his heart, and he pulled the car over, got out of the car, and said, hi, I'm Dan. Yeah. What's your name? And that started that conversation, and finally Dan goes, you know, I keep saying, well, I'll give you this, but what do you actually need? And the guy looked at Dan and said, socks. I need, oh, yeah. I need socks. Oh, yeah. My feet are, you know, I, when you wear, and I mean, we all are blessed to be able to change your socks every day. Totally. And when I've made that mistake of not doing that, I'm like, oh, my feet are a little itchy or five days. Or whatever. Yeah. Or, or weeks or, yeah. or months even. And so I absolutely love that. What What is, uh, I, I'm not going to say the response you've been getting from the yeah. homeless. What has the response been? From these students who knew nothing about this, but are taking that, they have that willingness to say yes and go with you. I think we're seeing that the youth, the adults, we get this time and time again at Christ in the City. People want to help the poor. They just don't know what to do. Hmm. Right? They don't know. It's like, well, I can give money or I can donate to the soup kitchen or be a volunteer from time to time. But what do I do on my daily walk? What do I do when I see this person at the streetlight or the stop sign? And that's what we're here to do is to help you see that at the end of the day, this is a person to be encountered, not a problem to be fixed. Mm. And yeah. relationship is what they need before everything, right? And that is a human reality. Like, like isolation is hell, you know? So to just bridge that, to give them this presence. And then the, what are the students experiencing? It's very hard. And I had this as a missionary, my first time volunteering with Christ in the city. You kind of don't believe it. You know, it's like there's yeah. no way they don't need something. Like, there's no way me showing up is going to matter to them. And I think the students, like our volunteers in Denver and Philadelphia, it's a common experience. They're just getting shocked that all they have to do is say hello. And, yeah, sometimes you get denied, but that's rare, right? All you need to do is say hello. And that relationship, that look in the eyes is really what the homeless are longing for more than even socks, which, by the way, is one of our number one thing we say to give to the homeless is socks. You know, I, I recently uh, was told, and and you know, or it was brought to my attention, Saint Vincent de Paul. I mean, we think yeah. that right here in Saint Louis, under the arch, the old cathedral, the original Saint, Saint Vincent, Vincent de Paul conference I know. In, in the Saint country, one hundred and sixty-six years ago. I know this because it's my parish. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love it! I love it. But uh, Saint Vincent de Paul, in his writings, I was shocked to learn this: the primary purpose of the Society of Saint Vincent de Paul is not service to the poor. Now, it's a big, important purpose of it. The primary purpose of the Society of St. Vincent de Paul is the sanctification of its members by encountering Christ <laughs> in, in the, the poor. poor. Wow. You know, we think we're going out and being Christ to the poor. No, they're, they're being Christ to us, yes, too. Yes, they are. And it's yeah. mutual, right? Yeah. Like, because Christ can, is in us and Christ is in the poor. And I think St. Vincent obviously got it. It's not a thing. And we talk about... The, you know, Dr. Reyes actually was just talking about this. He's our founder, and he's given a talk on serving the poor right now. And it's like, we have the corporal and spiritual works of mercy for a reason. And both are needed, mm-hmm. right? Both are needed. We must address the loneliness and the material. But we'll tell you what, one of them hurts a lot more. As we see in third world countries, where a common American experience is you go and you see someone with so little so happy. Right. Because... They are getting filled in. Well, and then that brings me to another point that I think is so important that we talk about. And you, you're going to know this better than Patty and I would. But, you know, it's easy to think that in a very urban area like downtown St. Louis, um, and then for those who are familiar with the region, especially around the Dome, you know, we're not going to be shocked that there are the homeless to encounter yeah, as you yeah. go out there. Or when we talk about countries and, and those service projects, we go on to third world countries where poverty takes on a whole new meaning. Uh-huh. But a lot of people would say, well, yeah, but that's, that's urban or that's there. That, that's not where I live. Yes. And a good friend of mine here in town who actually comes downtown quite frequently as a ministry to the homeless would say, Adam, you take me to any neighborhood in St. Louis, rich or poor, and I'll find you the homeless. Wow. You know, and, and that's the myth we also have to get over that yes. it's not limited to urban areas no. or third world countries. The, there are those in need all around All us. around, all around. And not only that, it's it, we like to tell a lot of our volunteers who come from small town. I'm a Nebraskan, so I got to say the small town Nebraska is always my example, right? And we had a college come, and of course they didn't have homeless 
where this college is. It's a, it's a town of a thousand people. And I said, how many nursing homes do you have? Right? How many nursing homes do you have where they are well fed? They are in a great spot, right? Like they're, they're safe. Yet you find some of the loneliest in our society Absolutely. in there's, a nursing home. There's always someone that there's needs the presence. There's always someone who needs relationship. Absolutely. How did you get started in doing this work? So I went on a mission trip my sophomore year of college. And I thought I was going to go and change the homeless lives. I thought I was going to give them a like tell them where to get a home or give them a <laughs> meal and change their day. And what I found was they did not need resources for me. They knew where all the resources were. I was ignorant of those. And my meal I was giving them, they were grateful for, but it wasn't as big of a deal as I thought it was. What I was blown away by was the relationships the Christ and City missionaries had with the homeless and how much the homeless wanted to have relationships with us. It was like, wait a second, well, why are you on the streets? Yeah, like, you know where you can get a house. You know where. And it came down to relationships. Yeah. Well, sadly, we are out of time, oh, that's Blake. Okay. You know, but I think we're going to have to have you back on the show again. Please, you, know, you can th- call me at any time. But before we can call you, we have to know how our listeners can get involved yes. or get in touch with Christ in the city if they're interested in going out for the training uh, and doing some mission work on the streets and being mission too. We, yes, you know. absolutely. So our website, ChristInTheCity.org. Real simple, ChristInTheCity.org. You can't make it easier than that. But on this website, you're going to find videos to train yourself to serve the poor. You're going to find ways to support us, whether financially or prayerfully or any items for the homeless, but you're also going to learn what can you do, right? Like what kind of items do the homeless need and where are we in the country right now? So just an excellent website and you can truly use that as your starting block for learning more about us and getting involved. Excellent. I've loved learning about this, Christ in the City, and you're an inspiration. It's just a joy to talk with you. Again, the joy of being here at the SEEK conference, of getting to know all of these different ministries and apostolates that make up the church, and I'm telling you, you come away so inspired to see the body of Christ in so many varied and beautiful ways. Blake, thank you for what you do. Oh, absolutely. Blake Brouillette. You're doing it. You're doing it. It rhymes with with Juliet. Juliet. There it (laughs) is. Well, Blake, thanks for being with us. We're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven, the special afternoon edition from the Seek 23 conference. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Jim Jansen, Director of Pastoral Services for the Archdiocese of Omaha, Nebraska, who is also here working with Curtis Martin, the founder of Focus on the Making Missionary Disciples track. So stay tuned for that when we come back after this break. Active contrition. Oh my God, I am heartily sorry for having offended thee, and I detest all my sins, because I dread the loss of heaven and the pains of hell. But most of all, because I have offended thee, my God, who are all good and deserving of all my love. I firmly resolve with the help of thy grace to confess my sins, to do penance, and to amend my life. Amen. Welcome back. You're listening to a special episode of Roadmap to Heaven coming to you live from the Focus Seek 23 conference. There's a big line for chastity uh, over there to get a great book from Jason Everett. Who is excited for Seek 23 this week? Make some noise. The excitement is just palpable here in downtown St. Louis. I'm Adam Wright, joined by Patty Schneier. Father Augustine Weta keeps walking by like he wants to get on this show. We'll get you on, Father. Don't don't you worry. But first, we got to get together with Jim Jansen here. Um, Jim is the director of pastoral services for the Archdiocese of Omaha, and he first met Focus as a student at Benedictine College when his college roommate invited him to join his Bible study. He served as a founding missionary for Focus at the University of Nebraska Lincoln in 1999. 18 years on the Focus staff. but here's the thing. When you join the Focus staff, it's not like Focus was this huge organization. What number, like if we gave out jerseys, what number would you be on the higher list? Yeah, I'd be, I'd be number 12. So I, I had a lot of fun. You know, I was blessed to see Focus grow as an organization. So, you know, at, at the you know, small apostolates, I had the, the privilege of helping invent our interview process. And I used to love to tell missionaries, like, I, I went 
I went to pizza with Curtis for my interview. <laughs> and he was like, hey, do you want to do it? I'm like, yeah, sounds fun. That was I, it. Yeah, that was it. You know, and then, and then to, to keep mistakes like that from happening again, we, <laughs> we, had, we had invented a, a thorough interview process. Well, tell us now. You told us off the air how excited you are just in your own family who's here at yeah. the sea conference yeah so i'm blessed i have six children my lovely wife kimberly is uh hold down the fort back home but our two oldest are here so i have a sophomore in college pittsburgh kansas jp is here with his school and then i have a senior in high school um josie who brought her uh some of her classmates from gross catholic and it's so fun to like you know to come up to missionaries that i've served with before that remember them as little kids and they're like, yeah, he's 6'2 now, and he wears cowboy boots, and he's a sophomore in college, and he's here. And it's very, it's just so fun to share that as a family and to see, um, you know, investment of, of things that began many years ago now bearing fruit in, in my own family's and life. And the next generation. Yeah, it's very yeah. fun. Especially proud, if I can give a plug, so proud of my daughter. She worked very hard. You know, she was inspired uh, to late in the game to bring her classmates. And very cool just to hear stories of her just praying and thinking, well, like, all right, Lord, who, who are we supposed to invite? And wh what do I say to get them here? Um, very proud of her, the little, little missionary heart that does, yeah, makes her dad proud. Awesome. So from pizza to 2023 here in St. Louis, <laughs> yeah. a lot has happened with Focus since yeah. then. I mean, it is huge. Yeah, 17,000. It's overwhelming. And in addition to college campuses, now we're making missionary disciples. And that's been a great thing to talk about this week, with, especially in the Archdiocese of St. Louis as we focus on evangelization. Yes. Uh, there are not just young adults, but young at heart adults as well. Uh, <laughs> focus, by the way, the Seek 23 conferences taught me that I am now officially middle-aged. Um, you know, there, if there was any yeah. doubt, it is removed. Um, what are some of the things that you and Curtis have been talking about in this Making Missionary Discipleship track? Well, it's really fun. So first off, the Making Missionary Disciples track is for parish leaders, right, all the middle-aged folks, although there's actually a lot of 20-somethings there too. But it's just anyone who's like, okay, I'm not in the college setting anymore. I'm now in a typical parish setting. How do I do this? How do I apply this? And the good news is it really works. It totally tra transfers. Because like, oh, who knew? The gospel is the gospel. So Curtis uh, started off the, the morning session today just talking about how do we share the gospel as Catholics? Because many of us, you know, I happen to be Irish and German heritage, um, and many of us in the United States, we, right, we, we, we have this tradition where we were baptized as children, and that's wonderful when you come from a family of faith. But for many of us, the muscle of how do you articulate the good news? How do you talk about who Jesus is and what he offers? How do you talk about that for an adult who, who doesn't have this Christendom context? And so Chris, Curtis talked about, here's how we share the gospel. You know, he gave the, the four R's of the gospel. Uh, I was just going to say, and give us those and, four R's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so re relationship, right? Sure. Like, like God made us for a relationship. And whether you've experienced that in a beautiful, full way in your family, or you've experienced the lack, we all have that in our heart. We all know that we're made for a relationship. But you don't have to be around too long on this planet before you start to experience ruin, right? The second R, that like sin ruins things. It wrecks our relationship with God, with each other, with the environment. I mean, it just, you know, sin ruins things. And Jesus offers restoration, right? His work on the cross, offers restoration, but we have a choice to make. We need to respond, right? Relationship, ruin, uh, restores, and respond. And when we do, not only does he heal us and invite us in a relationship for heaven, but he even transforms and renews us here and now. So it, it's, uh, yeah, that, that's just a, a fabulous thing because I've been blessed in my own labors, uh, of course, as a, as a missionary and now in parishes, seeing the gospel change lives. I like the four R's. That's yeah. easy to remember. And, oh, and yeah, if, and just fun. in case you didn't remember this, because, you know, Patty Schneier is the queen of acronyms and, and to things help people like the stations stuff. of Absolutely. the cross. And, and what was it? Wukpuff for the, 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 the gifts of, of the Holy Spirit. Craziness. If, if you didn't remember the four R's, luckily you can go to the Roadmap to Heaven podcast and replay Well, wait, this. I want to see if uh, I can do them. Relationship, ruin, restore, and respond. Yeah. There you go. See, right. you can memorize things Write this down. It's going to be on the test. So... Jim, one of the other things we want to get to, I understand you have a book out. 
too. I do, I do. So I just wrote a book called A Clear Path, How to Make Missionary Disciples in Your Parish. Um, and I should say, I'm like, we're, it's almost out. I'm working feverishly fast with my editor uh, to get things finished, so we release it this spring. But the, ebs, the website is up and running. It's clearpathbook.com. And, you know, Focus's genius is like the making of missionary disciples. I mean, that, that is what, for, for people who, who see the SEEK conference, and they're like, oh my gosh, and it is beautiful and exciting and overwhelming when you're here. But to be honest, it's really just the tip of the iceberg. So of the 17,000 people that are here, passionate and on fire for their faith, there's twice that many who didn't make it. Right? You're so, right. right. Think about right. it. So, so all of these folks are in a small group. Many of them are being mentored. And of that small group, maybe 50% of them came. So there's a whole other crew that is there. This really is kind of the mountaintop experience. And the base of it is this patient investment in the life of just people who are in my life. Um, that's what I got to talk about today. And in many ways, that's what the book is about. Talk about like, how do, you, how do you structure a parish so that you can make disciples more effectively? What one of the, I think the benefits that Focus has as a relatively young apostolate is Focus knows this is how we make disciples. We're gonna meet them on campus. We're gonna be playing basketball and spike ball. Yep. And we're gonna, we're, we're, we know how we're gonna meet them and we're gonna develop a friendship there. And then we know where they're gonna experience conversion. That friendship is gonna bear fruit when they come on the retreat at the Newman Center or when they come on the Focus Conference or go on a mission trip. We, we know where, they, where we meet them, where they experience conversion. We know where they'll be built up as a disciple in the habits and knowledge. And we know where, be, where they will be equipped for mission. And the good news is a parish can do the exact same thing. Um, but the, the book lays out, you know, evangelization at its best is a team sport. And this is like, okay, so let's talk about the positions. Let's talk about our plan. This is a game plan for parishes to make missionary disciples. That's awesome. I yeah. love the title. I love the concept. I love your enthusiasm for it. Sounds like something that a lot of our parishes are definitely going to want to check out this book, A Clear yeah. Path. Yeah. So if people go to the website now, clearpathbook.com, uh, you get a chance to register. I'll send you a free sample, and then I'll keep you updated. I'll, I'll keep sending samples, but I'll keep you updated. Uh, God willing, we're going to be able to get it get it out this spring. Cranking awesome. really hard to have it ready. Wonderful. Um, I'm, I'm just going to say two things here. I'm already thinking I'm going to go to my pastor and say, we're a team, so let's get jerseys. You know? <laughs> yes. I, I think we need jerseys. And two, uh, you know, my uh, I, I'm not going to say which one of my parents, but one of my parents texted me while we've been talking here and saying, <laughs> you're not middle-aged because if you're middle-aged, what does that make me? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I love it, it, which ties back to where we started, the Messy Family Project, that, you know, maybe I don't know where I am, Patty. Right. I, I have no idea where I am, but I know that the four R's are going to help me here. Um, Jim, I want to thank you for being with us this afternoon. It's been an absolute delight to speak with you, and I want to thank you and the, the staff at Focus yes. and, and everybody for putting this on. I, I'm at this point um, where my, my legs are saying, I can't <laughs> wait for this thing to be over, yeah. but my heart and my head are realizing, oh, no, this thing's almost over. And I, I, I mean, I really don't want it to end. I could just keep coming back. Yeah. And coming back and coming back, and uh, it's all because of the hard work you all have been putting in. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, and if I can, thank you for that, Adam. And if, if I can encourage the listeners, the hard work is a very ordinary, unseen, patient prayer for and love of the people in our lives. Yeah. It, it comes together in a moment like this where everybody's gathered together. But that hard work... Uh, is accessible to everybody. You don't have to be a focused missionary. You don't have to have a you know missionary business card or be a staff member in a parish to do this. It's accessible to everybody. When we let the Lord fill us with His love and fill us with His love for others, that's that's the work that ultimately bears fruit. This just happens to be a really fun moment where we get a sneak peek of of that fruit together. I love Beautiful it. to see. As first-time exhibitors at Seek, I know our, our sponsor contact, she's, she's given us a lot of love and a lot of patience when she'll send an email out and says, here are the instructions, and, you know, number two will say, go to this door, and we write back. So we go to this door, and she's like, <laughs> well, that's what it says, you know, yes. but, but with, with great love, with great love. So, Jim, thank you again for being with us. It, it, and, and all the best from us to you. Thank you, um, thank you. We'll be praying. We've been praying for the conference. Now we're going to be praying prayers of thanksgiving 
for the conference. Fantastic. And a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, thank Thanks you for guys. being on Roadmap to Heaven. Well, Patty, I don't know about you, but I can't believe that another hour has uh, already gone by here. It's, it's, it's moving fast. Well, this has just been a week of special broadcast. And again, these interviews that we are so privileged to meet people quick. Sometimes it's just a quick interview, uh, but we are just trying to give everyone a glimpse of the varied people, resources, apostolates that are all here at the Seek 23, this amazing conference put on by Focus, which again, Fellowship of College University uh, Catholic University students, oh my goodness. Um, you can tell we've been here a long time all week, getting here every morning, staying late at night, because there are just so many wonderful events to uh, to see, to hear, the, the speakers. And um, it's just been great to broadcast here live. Absolutely great to broadcast here live. And another thing, I, before we sign off today, I, I keep coming back to this conversation everywhere I go. Last night when I got home, there were some pictures online, and my wife said, uh, what religious sister is that? What order is that? And I said, where? And she goes, in the picture. And I said, well, you're going to have to be more specific. She there goes, so she goes many the here. one in the gray habit. I said, well, you're going to have to be more specific. I mean, that's how many you religious orders how many are religious. here. I want to I let our listeners know, I, there is a religious order here that the women have burgundy. I mean, red, crimson, like burgundy color. And they are missionaries in Russia. And I literally I found this out in the bathroom, in line for the bathroom, because she was standing there. I said, sister, I love your habit. She, I said, I've never seen a sister in a red, a, like a burgundy red. And she says, well, we are missionaries in Russia. And because so many icons of our blessed mother, she's in either this red or this blue, that this is the color of our habit. Just so beautiful. Again, yeah. I, who would have thought? So there, there are every color, every type of religious community. Um, it's just yeah. a beautiful thing and, to see. And I have yet to meet one that when I go up and say, wow, I have not met your order yet. Could you tell me about your oh, charism? Yeah, the Could joy. You tell? And, and, and I want to encourage you, as you go out in the world and you're in the church, if you meet a new, uh, whether it's a woman religious, a man religious, and you see a habit and you don't recognize it and you're curious, by all means, politely say, hi, my name is, and, and I just would love to get to know about you because they are so happy to share the yes. work that they do. Uh, you mentioned lines, and I have to laugh too. The other thing that that I've been enjoying at the Focus Conference is playing guess where is that line go you know where does that line go to uh, so like we've got chastity.com off to our rice with Jason Everett and, and, and his crew and he just gave a talk on gender yeah. and that's why the line and, is so long and this line is long and then you go to some other places and you're like okay that line and then like one we're like okay that's the food line no that's not the food line that's the line to go uh, to confession oh my goodness and, oh. and, and then the line to food is also long and the line to this and I saw one line and I'm like obviously this is the line to someone amazing it was the ice cream that was the line to the ice cream <laughs> let me just tell our listeners just so you can get an idea last night the line for confession wrapped around this entire almost the dome to be honest with you i think there was probably five thousand people that went to confession last night yeah it was unbelievable to see um and and yet they had 500 priests here hearing confessions so yeah. it went it did move quickly but I've never seen anything like it. Hearts are changing. God is working. And we are grateful. So let's give thanks as we conclude our time together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All glory be to the Father, Father and to the Son, and to, and to the, the Holy Spirit, Spirit, as it was in the, the beginning, beginning, is now, now and ever shall be, world, world without, without end. end. Amen. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church. Pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. Pray for us. And St. John Paul II. Pray for us. In the name us. of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, this wraps up our live broadcast this Thursday afternoon. It's hard to believe it's January 5th. By the way, tomorrow's Epiphany. Tomorrow is the 12th day of Christmas. Have that 12th night celebration ready uh, for Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright. And I'm Patty Schneier. Do not forget, if you haven't done so already, pray your rosary today.